What's up, everybody? I am Milan Jordan, and this is the MMA Daily Blitz, brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Hey, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check out our YouTube page, and you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Milan Jordan. All right, busy weekend around MMA as 2022 winds down. Friday night, uh, Bellator 289 took place at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut with the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Patchy Mix controlled the fight throughout and eventually put Magomed Magomedov to sleep in the second round with a guillotine choke. First time that Magomedov has been finished in his 22-fight pro career. Mix advances to the Bantamweight Grand Prix final with a shot at the interim title in a million-dollar grand prize where he will take on Rafian Stotts, who won and beat Danny Sabatello by split decision. Uh, some weird scorecards here. Two judges scored at 48-47 for Stotts, while the third judge had Sabatello winning 50-45. to Well, Stotts is currently the interim bannerweight champ and successfully defends the interim title for the first time with the win over Sabatello. Uh, the Bantamweight Grand Prix Final is set to take place in early 2023, with the winner going on to fight current champion Sergio Pettis in a title unification bout. Uh, Pettis was not able to compete in the Grand Prix when it started uh, due to injury, but all indications are he is recovering well and will be ready to fight next year to uh, unify the Bantamweight belt. Uh, the other title fight at Bellator 289 was a rematch for the Women's Flyweight Championship Liz Carmouche retained a title in a mostly uneventful fight uh, before submitting Juliana Velasquez with an armbar late in the second round. Carmouche controlled Velasquez against the fence for most of the fight, but didn't really mount uh, much offense, uh, much to the chagrin of the crowd in attendance who uh, voiced their displeasure throughout the fight. Uh, Carmouche saw an opening late in the second round, and he was able to lock in the armbar, forcing Velasquez to tap. Now, after the fight, uh, Carmouche made her pitch to Bellator to open a women's bantamweight division. Uh, Carmouche, who opened up the UFC women's bantamweight division uh, in a title fight against Ronda Rousey, uh, said she would be willing to move up from 125 to 135 if Bellator would have it. Uh, President Scott Coker said that the promotion is considering opening up a women's bantamweight division, and no surprise there as Scott Coker, uh, when he was uh, running Strike Force really uh, a pioneer uh, with women's MMA, and really uh, that's where Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Gina Carano, uh, Cyborg uh, fought. And remember the UFC, Dana White said, you know, many, this is many, many moons ago, many years ago, saying that, uh, oh, they'll never have women's MMA, women's fights in the UFC. Well, once he saw how popular it was and, and Dana White and the UFC wisely accepted women's uh, uh, MMA, uh, women fighting in the UFC, and again, at some of the baddest women on the planet are fighting right now in MMA and uh so it doesn't surprise me if Scott Coker would be open-minded to uh, adding another uh women's band uh, women's division in Bellator speaking of the UFC though their final pay-per-view of 2022 was this past Saturday with UFC 282 at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas it was headlined by an interim light heavyweight title fight between former champ Jan Blachowicz and Magomed Ankalaev that ended up in a rare split draw. One judge had Blachowicz winning 48-47. Another gave the fight to Ankalaev 49-46, while the third judge scored the fight 47-47, hence the split draw. Ankalaev had more strikes, more significant strikes, got the only two takedowns of the fight, 
and had over 11 minutes of control time compared to zero for Blachowicz. Uh, Ankalaev, like many people watching the fight, was shocked at the outcome. Uh, Ivan Jan Blachowicz uh, admitted afterwards that he thought Magomed Ankalaev won the fight, but instead ends up being the fifth draw in UFC championship fight history. In the post-fight press conference, uh, UFC Dana White, he didn't mince words. He called the main event terrible. And then he announced that former champ Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill will fight for the still vacant light heavyweight title belt at UFC 283 next month in Brazil. You may recall that Teixeira was originally slated to face then-champion Yuri Prochaska uh, at UFC 282 uh, before uh, Prochaska uh, pulled out due to injury that could sideline him for around a year or so. All right, down to the co-main event. I had popular fighter Patty the Batty Pimlet make his pay-per-view debut, and he beat Jared Gordon by unanimous decision. Gordon uh, was a more effective striker in the first round, but one of the three judges still gave the round to Pimlet. Uh, Pimlet won the second round uh, with good striking of his own. All three judges agreed with that. And then in the third round, Gordon scored a couple of takedowns, uh, and Patty the Batty didn't do much of anything. Uh, two judges gave the final round to Gordon. Uh, one somehow gave it to Pimlet. Uh, when all was said and done, though, was Patty Pimlet winning the fight via unanimous decision, 29 to 28 in all three scorecards. And, you know, a lot of people online, you know, disagreeing with it, saying that, that maybe he shouldn't have won. But, hey, that's how they judge it. And like, you know, Dana White wisely said years ago, uh, don't ever let it get to the judge's scorecards for that reason. Uh, but, you know, looking at the fight stats, it shows it was a very close fight. Uh, Gordon landed 100 strikes compared to 97 for Pimlet. Uh, with Pimlet landing 63 significant strikes to 58 for Gordon. Uh, Gordon also landed the only three takedowns in the fight. Uh, he had six minutes, 28 seconds of control time compared to just 35 seconds for Pimlet, uh, who was 0 for 3 on takedown attempts. But nonetheless, with the win, uh, Patty the Batty improves to 20 and 3 overall and a perfect 4 and 0 in the UFC, uh, while the loss drops Jared Gordon to 19 and 6 overall, 7 and 5 in the UFC. Again, it wasn't. I wouldn't call it a robbery or anything like that. It was a close fight. To be honest with you, it could have gone either way. So that's what happens. It goes one way or the other. And it's not a huge, I think, description in, in that sense. But, you know. All right. Next up, Santiago Ponzinibbio was originally scheduled to fight Robbie Lawler. But Robbie Lawler pulled out late uh, due to injury. So in comes Alex Morona as a late replacement. And this fight was a stand-up contest. Morona was in control for most of the fight uh, with a nice mix of punches, combinations, and kicks. Uh, he won the first two rounds, but in round three, uh, Morono landed a punch that wobbled Ponzinibbio but couldn't finish. Well, Ponzinibbio recovers and then counters with a few shots of his own, capped off by a couple of rights that put Morono to the ground and ends the fight. Santiago Ponzinibbio, one of the great names in, in MMA, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio with the comeback victory via TKO at 229 of the third round. Uh, the rest of the main card... Uh, Drickus Duplessis fought former middleweight title contender Darren Till in a back-and-forth fight in the third round. Duplessis got a takedown and then submitted Till with a rear-naked choke as the South African continues his upward trajectory in the 185-pound division with a third-round, again, rear-naked choke win over Darren Till. Uh, Duplessis improves to 4-0 in the UFC, 18-2 overall with 17 finishes out of those 18 fights. Meanwhile, Darren Till... Uh, he loses for the third straight time inside the octagon, and for the fifth time in his last six fights, he has only one win over the last four years. In the opener of the UFC 282 main card, 
uh, Ilya Topuria uh, over Bryce Mitchell with a second-round triangle choke. Uh, one note from the prelims, 18-year-old Raul Rosas Jr., who earned a UFC contract this past summer through Dana White's Contender Series, made his octagon debut as the youngest fighter in UFC history, and he certainly made the most of his octagon debut, earning a first-round rear naked choke of Jay Perrin at just 244 of the first round. Rosas recently just turned 18 years old and is a senior in high school. Again, uh, Raul Rosas Jr., not only is he the youngest fighter in UFC history, he's also now the obviously the youngest uh, fighter to win a fight in UFC history. All right, this, U- this weekend the UFC will hold its last event of the year with a UFC fight night card at the UFC Apex. Uh, the headliner is a matchup of top 10 middleweights with third-ranked Jared Cannonier taking on number seven, Sean Strickland. Uh, both fighters are coming off losses in their last fight. Uh, they're on the same card, 270, UFC 277 in July. Uh, Cannonier lost to Israel Adesanya in the main event title fight, while Strickland was knocked out by Alex Pajeda in the first round on that same card. You can watch the entire card prelims and main card on ESPN+. Plus. All right, quick update on some uh, news we've been bringing you out through the last few weeks uh, on the James Krause investigation into suspicious betting activity. Uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, uh, they've extended the suspensions of James Krause and his fighter Derek Minner uh, from Minner's UFC uh, fight last month. The suspensions are pending further investigation and future disciplinary hearings. Uh, the NSAC suspensions are currently based on what the commission has deemed a lack of disclosure of a minor injury uh, on his pre-fight medical questionnaire prior to his uh, November 5th fight against uh, Shailan uh, Nuradambieke in Las Vegas. And subsequently, dramatic betting line movement in the hours before the fight. That's what caused it uh, put up a red flag for, for everyone. Uh, Minner lost uh, in the first round TKO after visibly demonstrating that he had an injured leg during the bout. Uh, the NSAC also said that the fact that both Kraus and Minner are also being investigated by other bodies, uh, probes uh, that could lead to, quote, further violations. Uh, the FBI is also collecting information. So this story appears to be far, far from over. All right, folks, well, that'll do it for the MMA Daily Blitz. Again, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Milan Jordan. The MMA Daily Blitz has been brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Thanks once again for tuning in. Goodbye, everybody. 